Welcome to the United Soccer Coaches Podcast, presented by Team Snap and hosted by veteran soccer broadcaster Dean Linky. Uniting coaches at every level of the game around the love of the game. We are United Soccer Coaches. Now, here's our host, Dean Linky. I am Dean Linky, and we got another great show for you today as we go down podcast row at the 2020 United Soccer Coaches Convention. All four guests I sat down with at the United Soccer Coaches Convention, Megan O'Keefe, kind enough to join me for two of the interviews. We kick off the show with Missy Price. She's a vice president for United Soccer Coaches on their board of directors. She also is a college soccer coach. She's doing a lot for pushing women forward in the game. You'll enjoy Missy Price. Then we'll be joined by Brent Boone, who heads Pelota Training. This guy's in wealth management. He's got a couple kids playing college soccer. He's got a lovely wife. His real passion, though, is helping kids get better at the game and enjoy the love of the game and Brent Boone established a great relationship with Tim O'Donohue what a job he's done in four years as the top man at Navy he's on the program you'll like his story and then we'll end with 14 year old Anna Turi who started her own podcast she was having a rough time with a coach wasn't enjoying the game she remembered that the game is beautiful that is tied into the name of her podcast 14 year old Anna Turi who's got a weekly podcast you'll love her story as well that's our show and it starts after this message from our presenting sponsor team snap does managing your club or league feel like a second job if so you might need some help with team snap you can get it their customers save up to 15 hours each week on tasks such as communication registration scheduling and more plus everything you need is online which means no more trips to the bank no more lost checks and no more colossal spreadsheets. Bring your club or league into the 21st century with TeamSnap. Go to TeamSnap.com slash NSCAA1. Welcome back to the United Soccer Coaches Podcast presented by Team Snap. Dean Linky here on Podcast Row at the 2020 United Soccer Coaches Convention, meeting all kinds of superstars. We've got another superstar, vice president with United Soccer Coaches, the great Missy Price, who's also the head coach at Wellesley College, Division Three women outside of Boston, the former Maryland Terp who played for April Heinrichs and Jill Ellis. Are you kidding me? That's pretty legit. That's that's a reason to want to get into coaching, right? It was a big reason. It, I mean, was that the tipping point for you? Those two, or I think it was pretty. It was pretty big. I ended up um, so April was my coach for my first three years, and she, then she went on to University of Virginia, and that's where I ended up getting my first coaching gig. So I was an assistant for April at UVA while I worked on my master's degree. So right after I left Maryland. So, and you can't be a terp and go play for the Wahoos. But I, you know, I went out over there and I worked there. It took, it took a little time to get used to that, but it Absolutely. was a good gig. But no, April and um, Jill and some really other great mentors were definitely the kind of the, the impetus for me wanting to be a coach. Along the way, there has to be an impetus as well to want to be a leader, to want to get involved with United Soccer Coaches. How did that happen? <laughs> You know, I think one of the things that you do is you sort of you know, stand on the shoulders of the people that came before you. And for me, having really strong mentors, both men and women along the way, showing me that service and giving back to the association and giving back to the game was something that was meaningful to them. And it, it spoke to me. Um, I think it's a family value that was sort of also instilled in me coming from things that my parents and uh, grandparents did and things like that. But when it came time for me to be a coach and and it came time for me to sort of say, well, what can I do to make the game better? 
I, I looked around and said, I, I guess I could get involved. Yeah. <laughs> I started on the women's committee, yeah. um, started just doing work to support women in coaching in the women's game. And I eventually was the chair of the women's committee. And um, through that, I learned a lot about the association and it really got me even more passionate to be saying like, what can I do to serve the association? Do I have what it takes to help lead the association into the future? And here I am. Who told you you should run? Oh, boy. All sorts of people. Yeah, really? Yeah. Um, a lot of my peers, a lot of people, I think, you know, give you the nudge, say you can do it kind mm -hmm. of thing. Um, taking a moment to also find the right time uh, yeah. to do it in your career or in your life and to have the uh, opportunity to um, put yourself out there. I think it takes, in some ways, it doesn't just take time and effort. It takes a little bit of courage. It takes a support system because... It's a responsibility to be a board member. I'm a mom now. I got two kids under the age of three, um, so I have a great yeah, I have yeah. a great support system at home that helps me do all of that um, in order to be able to give back. But really, the the, the one of the really key people, um, and she's not with us anymore, was Charlotte Moran. And um, from a long time into my youth, she was a, a state administrator for me, and she basically said, "You need to go take a coaching license." I signed you up this weekend. Here's where it is to um, we want you to serve as part of a coaching staff in region one to you know someday you need to serve in this organization and um, she was gone before I had a chance to to be on the board but uh, I'm here now and I definitely think that she's a big reason for that so glad you are and I want to kind of get to some of the things you're thinking about is your presidency will be here before you know it uh, you'll take over the gavel in Kansas City in a couple years but remind me I feel like there was a ton of people that ran when you ran wasn't there a whole bunch of people how many were there I think there were four of us yeah <laughs> yeah I mean and you want to win right you did do. you have some nerves with all that oh, I totally did I think I remember um so it was actually the year my daughter was born and they they weren't sure if she was going to show up early, and I wasn't able to be able to attend the convention that year. And I was, you know, texting people and lobbying for myself, and um, I had some really great that. candidates I was running against. Yeah. And, and I did. I, I, I wanted to win. And then when you win, you go, oh, man, now I have a huge sense of responsibility. <laughs> Well, that's you feel good, it. Though. Yeah. You feel it. Um, yeah. And you're embracing it, right? Oh, I love it. Yeah. I, you know, I love the association. Um, you know, I think we, our main mission and, and purpose, right, is to support coaches in this venture. And coaching is part of our lifestyles. It's however you're involved in the game and whatever you're doing, it's it's something that you do. It's it's more than that. It's who you are. It's part of who you are. And I think that's where the association has some huge strengths and. For me, as an, uh, a president, as a board member, that's my number one like driver is I want to make sure that we support coaches in their life and in their journey with coaching. And I know that your mission is all coaches, but I also know that the role that United Soccer Coaches has played in elevating women at so many levels is something that's very dear to you. Well, you know, there's there's a lot of research out there that tells us about, uh, you know, the advancement of Title IX and providing opportunities for women in sport. And while that's been a great thing, there's been a decline in women in coaching. And there's there's tons of stuff out there to, to support that. And 
you know, especially in, in women's soccer, especially at the collegiate level in women's soccer, um, you're seeing a decline in women coaching. So there's a big push to to want to make sure that women are out there and, and being supported. And, you know, there's questions of do, do women need different support systems than men? And maybe that's true sometimes and maybe it's not. But I think the biggest thing that we talk about a lot is if you can see her, you can be her, right? And taking our um, young female athletes now and having them see more women coaches and then wanting to uh, aspire to be a coach, whether that's something that's their career or they're doing it part-time or, you know, they're volunteering in their local organizations, um, whatever it may be, I think that's really important. All right, Missy, I saw you the other day and you with your bright eyes and great smile, very welcoming. And I was like, when are you going to be president? A couple years. And then we're going to shake things up. And I know you were kind of kidding, but you've got some big ambitions, some big goals, and you want to accomplish some things. Like, if you can, throw a few things out there that uh, you want to see happen during your presidency. Oh, man. I don't know. I like to have fun. <laughs> <laughs> they were having fun at the women's social last night. I wasn't could tell it? You it, was, yeah, wow. it was a great time there. Um, that was a fun night. I was... Uh, Actually, I think it was more fun than it might have been in a couple of years. They were kicking <laughs> us out at the end. Um, you know, I, I think the, the thing for me is this is a community, right? And so I love connecting with people. And, and, and I think there's so many stories out there that I've never even heard. And I would love to hear all about them. In my presidential year, it, for me, first and foremost, it's about driving the association forward. Um, and I don't know what that looks like, you know, because I think as soon as we, we head down a path, World, the world changes around us and soccer changes and the marketplace changes and so we have to change constantly in a way with it but the one thing that's consistent is our members um, and you know for me it's about how can we connect how can we use each other's resources there's some brilliant coaches walking around this convention right now and and you might not know them i might not know them and i want to know them mm. you know so i think for me is how do we create platforms where we can truly unite and bring coaches together more and more and more like we do it now but can we do it better and can we really um, go out there and find some of these brilliant coaches that we have in our country and elevate them in ways to you know make the young people not just better soccer players but better people where they can other coaches can teach other coaches in ways we've never thought of before um, I think there's just so many opportunities that we can explore and I think there's a lot of wonderful um, members out there that can make us stronger and, and that's what I want to try to uncover to wrap up Missy Price vice president with United soccer coaches on the board of the directors simple question to me Missy Price United soccer coaches means it means community it means community around a love of the game so. It works. Missy Price, thanks for your bright smile. Thanks for all you're doing. Thanks for following me. I do like the fact that uh, you're loving some of these powerful women that I'm getting able to hang out with that are leaders and, and galvanizers and everything else. I love that, right? Because you're friends with the Miami coach, right? The Miami women's basketball coach? I've, yeah, I've met her. I've met Katie. There's, I'm a pretty big proponent of women in coaching, and I've done a lot of work outside of what I do for United Soccer Coaches has really been my other love is making sure women in all sports and all levels get supported and 
I do anything I can for women in coaching. So it's I a love big, it. I big love passion it. of mine. Me too. So. I'm right there with you. Love women's sports. Well, thanks so for being the, the voice of the podcast, the voice of United Soccer Coaches, the voice of so many things. I see you on TV all the time. I'm like, I know that guy. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks for watching. Uh, you joined my mom at least, so I yeah. appreciate that. <laughs> Missy Price had a lot of fun. Thanks for stopping by. Thanks, Dean. Another person who dropped by was Brent Boone, Pelota Training. He'll explain what that means. He's also got a great relationship with Tim O'Donohue, the head coach for the Navy men's soccer team that got off to gangbusters to start their season. Navy men's soccer is back on the map. So we got Brett Boone and Tim O'Donohue coming up next on the United Soccer Coaches podcast presented by Team Snap. Looking for ways to improve your training sessions? Quick Goal has supplied the highest quality soccer goals, seating, field, and training equipment for over 30 years. From backyards to the world's greatest pitches, Quick Goal has products essential for every level of the game. As an official partner to the United Soccer Coaches and technical partner to U.S. Soccer, Quick Goal knows what equipment you need to take your game to the next level. Visit quickgoal.com to satisfy all your equipment needs. Welcome back to the United Soccer Coaches Podcast presented by Team Snap. Talking to all kinds of people here at the 2020 United Soccer Coaches Convention in Baltimore. And I'm so pleased to finally make it happen to have Brent Boone. He is the owner of Pelota Training. We're going to talk about their player development puzzle. He played college at Longwood. He's got boys that are playing college soccer. He's in the DMV. He knows all about big-time soccer. You'll see him at Maryland games, Georgetown games. And more importantly, you'll see him... Helping the future soccer stars. I watch you on Facebook. You do great things. Brent Boone, it's been a pleasure getting to know you. I'm Likewise. so glad that you reached out to me and we kind of made things happen. And you're, we're also here with Megan O'Keefe, my co-host here this week at the United Soccer Coaches Convention. And first of all, I'll set the table. Tell us about why you created Pelota Training. So we felt that, you know, we could help make a difference in the development of young players at the end of the day. Um, we'd been on the club side for a long time and coaching teams. And at the end of the day, I feel I can make a bigger impact in the development of, a, of these players when I have the opportunity to work with them really in this supplemental technical training space um, than if I had them with a team. You know, I've been able to work with a lot of great kids, work with a lot of great coaches. But at the end of the day, I just we feel we can make a bigger difference when we have that time with them away from their teams to really put in extra work on the ball. So we're not on video. We're on audio. But you do have an impressive Pelota Trainings player development puzzle. Kind of break that down and then hit on the key part of the puzzle that is your major focus. So, you know, at the end of the day, we look at player development as a puzzle. And it's important that people understand we're just one piece of that puzzle supplemental technical training for us is one piece of a 9 10 11 piece puzzle I'm sure people look at up this puzzle differently but it's important that you know when you're on social media and you put yourself out there you can have a wide array of opinions and what we do so I wanted people to know that look what we do is not end-all be-all but it's just one piece of what we do or of being able to develop players. So we created this development, the player development puzzle to, to help show people, say, look, you still need your games. You still need your team trainings. You still, still need your work with speed, strength, and agility coaches. You need work um, on the cognitive side of it. 
Um, all these other pieces are so important, just like the supplemental technical training piece is important. Um, you know, we're, we believe that, you know, repetitive technical training in an un unopposed setting can pay off for a player, but it's not end-all be-all. So we created this puzzle to, to help, I guess, dispel the myth that what we do is just going to solve all the, the, the player problems in this country, but we're just one piece of it. Well, going off of that, do you hope that that piece of this puzzle kind of molds into the rest of the team so whatever lessons you're teaching these individuals, they can then carry on to their team and hopefully kind of pass the level along? Absolutely. You know, at the end of the day, there's different pieces of the puzzle that some of the teams, the clubs will take um, and utilize, but they can take what we've helped develop with the players, take it back to their teams. Um, you know, we, we try to get out and see these players play in their club settings and get to know their coaches and, you know, work with their coaches. And, you know, a club coach may come up to me and say, you know what, Johnny needs to work on X, Y, and Z. Can you incorporate that with some of your training? Absolutely. So to answer your question, yes, it's it hopefully... Brent, what is it about this game? You're very successful in wealth management. You've had this great career. But I think if you're honest with me, at the end of the day, this is what you want to do full time. You want to make a difference. You want to be all in. It, it's a passion. At the end of the day, I love, love working with young people and helping, you know, help them get better at something that they love is you can't beat it. it it's it's so rewarding in so many ways. We train players at so many different levels a six or seven year old who's just starting off to division one players that have gone to England and are playing in league two over there so it's you know the, that the the wide array of players it's so it's every session is different every player is different and it's to be able to to see the the kind of fruits of our labor when we watch them play or parents reach out to us it's phenomenal so you talk about trying to keep every training session different and one-on-one -on -one training can kind of be intimidating or nerve-wracking as a player. How do you keep it fun and interesting each time for these players? You, you know, for us, it's a great, great question because, you know, if a player's not having fun, it's not worth it. And, you know, we tell all our trainers, like, look, you know, you need to make sure that a kid, a player, no matter how old they are, has a smile on their face at some point. You know, I'll six months in I had a mom reach out to me and said I want I want you to train my son met her out we started training it was about 30 minutes in I said Johnny go get a drink went over to the mom and said you know what you need to take Johnny home I'm not going to charge you for the session when he wants to be here as much as you want him here mm. then come back and we'll tee it up again wow but it's important that the players want to be there it's important that we as trainers make it fun um you know, it's interactive. We're very enthusiastic. If, you know, you follow us on Twitter and you see some of the clips we do, we're, you know, we get into it as much as the kids. It's so fun. There's a lot of things I like about you. One of the things I like the most is you're like me. You love college soccer. You know that I eat it, breathe it, sleep oh. it, which maybe makes me a weirdo. I don't know. But you love college soccer. Love Tell us why. You know, it, it's something about being able to, one, play for your school um, and the it's just the next step that so many players in our country strive for and to be able to help them get there you know we've had players that have played division three division one and it's it's it, i love it i love the the competitiveness of it i college sports is it's tough to beat you, you know you could you know there's that they're not professionals so there's they're playing because they love the game 
Um, competition is great. The parity in college soccer now is so much bigger. Mm. So, you know, it's tough. At to every go. level. Yeah. Mm. So it's tough to find a game that's not fun to watch. Mm. And I, to your point, I'll go watch any games. I mean, I'm at Navy games all the time and Maryland, George. We, luckily, where I am, the DMV, there's a lot of good college soccer at all levels. Well, that's my segue because on this show, right after you, we're going to have our next guest. Tell us about our next guest and tell us, I think he even does a little bit with you in Pelota training. Tell us why people should also listen to him. Well, Tim O'Donohue done such a great job coming to the Naval Academy from UConn, where he was the associate head coach. Um, you know, the Naval Academy is a special institution. Tim took over a program and, you know, you step into a place like the Naval Academy and it's, again, such a special setting. You're working with kids that at the end of the day are very smart. They want to protect and defend our country while at the same time still play a sport they love. Um, And he's taken the program and just kind of turned it around. And, you know, the, the buzz around the Glen Warner Soccer Center is fantastic. Um, He loves what he does. I mean, passionate. He's got a staff that is just as passionate. And the soccer now is, I mean, you saw what they did in the fall was fantastic. He's been a big supporter of when he came to Annapolis, he actually, and as as a blessing to me, moved into my neighborhood. So we've become fast friends. And he's been a great sounding board for me as we've grown Pelota training. I've been able to train his young son. Um, So he's been active with what I do. Um, and I've been hopefully a helping hand to him as he's gotten started in Annapolis. And, you know, he's built such a great, great, fun program full of great, great young men. I know you want to take Pelota nationwide. People want to learn more. Where can they go? Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Um, we do have a website. They go to the website. Email us. What's the website? Uh www.pelotatraining.com. There you go. Pelotatraining.com. P-E-L-O-T-A. Finally, thanks for all the love on social media. I appreciate uh, your support very much, Brian. I'm glad to know that uh, you're watching our games. Yep, nope, I appreciate the time, appreciate what you do. Thank you so much. Brent Boone will have more with the head coach of Navy men's soccer, Tim O'Donohue, after this. Team Snap's awesome. I have five teams on Team Snap. There are no questions asked by the players, the parents. Very easy to use. Very, very, very easy. Simple to use. Everyone, you know, everything's right there. Messages, availability, boom, boom, boom. I've looked at other at other things, and I think Team Snap sets the bar for this type of team management software. It's the best that I found. Welcome back to the United Soccer Coaches podcast presented by Team Snap. We just heard from Brent Boone and Pelota Training. He did a great segue, great setup. He's obviously a super fan, as we all are, of Tim O'Donohue, who just completed his fourth season at Navy, a Navy team that started the season 11-0-1, top 25, tough games down the stretch, but what a turnaround that he's done at Navy. Prior to Navy, O'Donohue spent five seasons as the associate head coach at UConn and 10 seasons as the head coach at Division Three Stevens Institute of Technology. And here's the deal. You start 11 wins, tie. People are paying attention now to Navy soccer. It's pretty exciting. Congrats on a great year. Yeah, it was exciting. You know, we... Uh we, you know, we played well. We we started well. I think, you know, it was it was pretty remarkable. We had we, we gave up I think one goal in our first eight or nine games, and um, 
You know, we, we, we uh, have a good group, good culture. Uh, you know, we had a lot of different pieces and, uh, you know, just a, a great group of, of players to coach. And, you know, every day was exciting and fun to be with these, these players. So, it's, it, you know, coaching at Navy is very special. You know, it's, it's, a, it's an honor and a privilege just to be around these young men. That's a great segue into what I wanted to ask you about yeah. because you've coached at several other programs, but coaching at an academy, it's kind of a different culture, different level, and coaches mm -hmm. think they're there to teach players, but yeah. what have you learned from these players yourself? Yeah, I mean, it, it's been, uh, you know, I picked three diametrically different schools to make it as hard as possible. <laughs> <laughs> so That's so true. You know, so I tell people, yeah, there's a learning curve at each place, but, you know, the thing you, the first thing you, that I had to learn is, you know, wins and losses is obviously very important. It's a Division One institution. Um, but these young men are here to serve our country. You know, it's a leadership institution. Um, coach Niamatol talks about that, you know, our head football coach and, and Chuck Gladcheck, our athletic director. That's the first thing he said to me. This is a leadership institution. Soccer is the vehicle to, you know, really show some those, you know, you know those lessons of success, failure. And in the beginning of my tenure, truthfully, it was a lot of failure. So it was learning, learning how to come back, to be resilient. And, you know, while, while we were trying to grow the program, you know, uh, I learned a lot of leadership lessons through almost just being, you know, I went to every leadership talk I could find, and you can find a lot of them at Navy. So it's, it's just a great institution. And the coaches, it's, it's an honor to coach there. I mean, to be around these young men and women every day is, is it's a blessing. So it's, it's uh, I've, I've certainly, I keep learning every day being there. There's not a day that I go by that I don't learn something being at the academy, and, and, it's, and it's inspiring. Are there any special things that you guys do off the field as a team? Yeah, I mean, you know, the thing about the academy is the when they come in, they're plebes. So every year there's a different amount of what we say they can you know leave the yard as far as how much time so the, our team spends a lot of time together so simple things right it's just you know we do a movie night we'll do we did friday night light uh, the show friday night football on fridays you know watching soccer guys are you know guys are doing a lot of things together you know ping pong you know you name it just trying to find ways to spend time together and get to know each other and and it's in and, and there's no substitute for just time with each other on a team and, and getting to, you know, and we have a culture of diversity. We have guys from all over the country. So it's a, it's a very unique group and, uh, you know, recruiting is a big part of that. We, I learned that, you know, in my time at UConn, you know, players are important. So, you know, all the stuff we're doing at this coaching convention and all the X's and O's, that's very important. But I looked at Coach Noonan yesterday, we were watching something tactically and said, well, players matter too. You know, so that, that's a big part of what we're trying to do is attract, you know, the right players, top players that also want to serve our country. Great to be with Tim O'Donohue, the head coach of the Navy men's soccer team. And Tim, before I ran Fox Soccer out of business, we used to do the Army-Navy <laughs> game on television. And in fact, Greenspan scored an overtime yeah. winner in Philadelphia. One of the best games I've ever called as far as the atmosphere mm -hmm. and all the cadets there. And it was amazing. And we know about the deal with the football game. Everybody watches it no matter what the records. The soccer game gets a good following. Yeah, it's amazing. I mean, it's we had 9,000 people there this year, nine or 10,000. We're trying wow. to get it, you know, I actually spoke to Russell Payne yesterday about trying to get it televised again. 
but it's uh, it's an amazing atmosphere. And, and you know, obviously, Army Navy is. I don't. For for me, I don't think there's anything like it. You know, in sports, right? So. And I think at the end of the day, everyone appreciates what they do for our country. And, you know, what you talk about in the game is everyone playing on that field is willing to serve everyone in the room, everyone in the stadium. So it's, it's a, you know, it, it was the largest, it was the largest uh, or most attended soccer, college soccer event, I think maybe second to the, what's the, the Cal Poly game out there, mm -hmm. UCLA, they get, I think, but we're, we're either one or two. So it's, it's, you know, it's, and it's great for our student-athletes to play in that environment. Yeah, we were talking before this about how you've developed this team, this program, and you're not losing anyone uh, yeah. for this upcoming season. What are you looking forward to for the group that you have? Yeah, it's just, you know, con you know, continuity in soccer is very important, right? Just, you know, when it comes to shape and, you know, vertical compactness and, and, and passing and patterns. And, and when you, when, you know, we have five, we have five regional All-Americans back, you know, which is, which is, you know, which is a big thing, you know, you know to be a, a regional American at the collegiate level is, 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 is a special achievement. So to get those players back, um, continuity, um, you know, and, and we don't have to rely, we started seven freshmen two years ago. The guys that were regional Americans all started, I think two years ago, and we started, I think one and nine, and then we won 15 games in a row uh, between two seasons, which was, which was a, a, a Navy record. And, and that just came down to one thing, continuity, playing together, belief, um, and, you know, we'll have that next year. We'll have a, you know, like I said, we're, we're zero and zero now. So last year is over. doesn't matter what, what we did last year, what the group did. So it's just about, you know, can we get, I think we can be better next year because I think we can dominate the ball more and do some things, but and be, maybe be tactically a little more um, to work on some things that when you have a group back, you could, you could just do things a little bit out of the box more. You played at a small school in college. You coached at a smaller school before UConn. We're here at United Soccer Coaches, which I think does a great job in recognizing mm -hmm. that it's not just D1 mm -hmm. men and D1 women. Just talk about the impact of college soccer and why it's got to keep going. It's got to remain strong. Yeah, it's, well, you know, what I say to people is, you know, a lot of the coaches here that, you know, they talk so much about the European model and the South American model, how, you know, the young players go pro and, and uh, that's the best environment. And certainly there's truth to, you know, you, you know, players playing all year and twice a day. But in America, in our culture here, parents are always going to want their children to be educated. Because, the, you know, those players that, you know, because I've traveled the world that, that don't make it, which is probably 98% of them, a lot of times they're not educated. They can't, you know, they can't, uh, they're not finding jobs that are sustainable. And the college model is really, as a parent, I have four children, you, you know, you work probably, even if you're done as a pro at 25, another 50, you know, you're gonna work till you're 60, right? So you have to be educated. So college soccer, what we're trying to do with the 21st model is, you know, make it more relevant. So, you know, Sasha's done a great job at Maryland and some of the coaches is playing all year round, make it a more professional environment as far as how much time we play, but you know, in America, it's never going to go away that we want our 17 to 22-year-olds to be educated. And, you know, on the, on the other end, you know, I played college soccer. I played for Jeff Tipping. And so for me, Jeff Tipping was the director of coaching for the NSCA, and I was just very lucky, right? So I was a, I was a, we played in the Final Four in 95. It was, you know, we really didn't know, you know, I, 
we didn't know how lucky we were to play for Tip, but every the, I, I had dinner with him last night, and I said, the only reason I'm coaching is because of you mm. and that I'm in the college game. Every, everything soccer-wise that I have is, was him, you know, because I was a head coach at 25. I didn't know what I was doing, and I just tried to copy him. Mm. And, and then I kind of learned, hey, you got to be yourself. And um, But college soccer, I was with three of my final four teammates last night in 1995, and we, you know, we're still talking about 25 years later and we're, you know, best friends. So the friendships, the camaraderie you get, you know, playing in, a, in college soccer, I think is different in a professional level because you, you, you're, you're with them all the time. You're in the, in the, you're eating together. You're, you're, you know, as young men, you're making a lot of mistakes. And, and, and I'm sure the same is for men and women in college. You're finding out about yourself. You're learning how to lead yourself, which is the most important person to lead. And, um, College soccer is not going away, right? So, so any of the any of the professional coaches, professional academies say college soccer, you know, it's it's not going away. So we need to make it as good as possible. And you know, Dean, that, that we've talked and what you do for the college game and those, the, you know, the, in the Big Ten Network and when we were playing UConn, South Florida, those those rivalries and those games, they're great games. And you know, if you watch it and and you really look at the football in the college soccer division one I, th I think it's i think it's good and it's getting better so it, it's i think we need to embrace it make it as good as possible and there's been some good players that come into college soccer claudia arena brian mcbride talk uh, about some of the guys you coached at uconn yeah well we we had i ha andre blake i think he's pretty good <laughs> yeah well, so bobby clark said when we played notre dame uh, to, Ray, to Ray Reed, my boss at UConn, said he, he thought he was the best goalkeeper to ever play college soccer. So, so Andre. So athletic. Yeah, just yeah. amazing. So Andre is now the captain of Jamaica and UConn. I, I, Ray and I recruited a guy named Kyle Laren who played two years uh, at UConn. Number yeah. one overall pick is, is, you know, playing in Turkey, was rookie of the year in the MLS. We have Jake Nowinski that is, is uh, the right back in Vancouver. Walk on. Right. Yeah. Great story. So we've we had, you know, Coach Reed is, is a legend and it was it was an honor to be with him. And I, I just learned so much from him on how to how to build excitement for college soccer. So he's you know, he's uh, Coach Reed and I are very close. So it, it was it was fun being around him. He's tough. I don't know, fun is maybe the wrong word. It was. But I learned I learned how to recruit better. I learned how to manage people better in I've never met a guy that works as hard as Coach Reed. Mm. So we're talking a lot of soccer, a lot yeah. of coaching, but yeah. I do like to get to know our guests. Yeah. So what would you be doing if you weren't coaching soccer? Uh, I was an English teacher. I was a tenured English teacher, and I, I left my teaching job, and my parents thought I was absolutely nuts. So I went to coach at Stevens, and my dad's like, you got to be kidding me. He's like, you know <laughs> what I mean? Why, you know? So, you know, I'd, I think I'd, I'd, I'd be teaching Shakespeare and trying to pretend, nice. you know, and, and I'd, I'd, uh, I'd be in the classroom. And if this, I always say to my wife, if this goes, my wife's an attorney, so, you know, she's much smarter than me. So I say, <laughs> if this goes south, then I'll be in a classroom somewhere and you'll, yeah. you know, you'll be doing your thing. But yeah, I just like being around, I like being around people. I like, I, I'm a, you know, I consider myself a people person. I like, I, I consider myself an educator. So, uh, you know, I've, you know, the other thing, I have, I have young kids and, you know, I'm just, I'm very lucky to have the life I have. Two more questions for you, and this one's not a loaded, and there's no wrong answer. The idea of going to a full academic year, I don't know where Navy and Army fit into that thing yeah. as far as what they're talking about. What's your take on that? Yeah, I think, I think 
it's become relevant, right? So, you know, at this conference, we had our 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 staff meeting, and and as a you know, we're as a as a as a Patriot League and as the academy. I haven't had a lengthy discussion with 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 Chet about it. Klatchik, I'm going to speak to him next week, but you know, Chet, you know, Chet is a, you know a person that wants the best, right? So we he always says, hey, you know, give it the you know football, soccer, we want to be the best at what we do. So, you know, I think, I don't think, I have a strong opinion. Our, our first priority is to, is to um, graduate officers, right? And to, but it's, it makes sense to model, right? So if you're a football coach, right, a soccer coach, you, you know, to play one game in the weekend, uh, to train all week, to play all year, it makes our game relevant. And, you know, it's the right thing to do. And, and I'm the, I'm the men's soccer coach, so my opinion when I you know, when I sit down with some people is, you know, it's what's best for the game for developing players. But also, let's say in college soccer, right? If you have if you have six games in two weeks, right? Kid gets hurt, he misses five games of his senior year. There's just too many games. And soccer is, you know, you're running seven, eight miles at a high intensity in a match. To come back and play two days later, six games, and you know, in that short amount of time, it's just, it's not the way the game is supposed to be played. And and, and they're not only, you know, so I think I don't think there's really any coaches that are against it. And, and I give Sasha so much credit. I mean, he's so passionate, and, and and you know, that's leadership, right? He had a vision, you know, and and a lot of people thought he was crazy, you know, that oh, this is never going to pass. It's 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 pie in the sky. What do you? And we're close now. And I think how he has, you know, taken that vision, what we want to do, gone to everybody and, you know, creating the videos. I mean, I have so much respect for him. I mean, truthfully, I've been trying to grow my program. So, you know, so for me, my priority has been Navy soccer, not so much, sure. not so much the big, you know, right. Sasho and some of, the, some, yeah. some of the, some of the, some of the coaches that are more tenured that, you know, have been able to build this vision. And, and for me, it's, it's now that it's real. It's like, okay, Navy soccer, I think we've, we've got going in a good direction. And I think this would help us. We have the facility, you know, truthfully, selfishly, Navy soccer, we have a great facility. We're, you know, Baltimore's a good climate, right? And I think, I think it's going to help us recruiting. And for the game to play the NCAA tournament in May, just makes sense. I mean, you go to the College Cup in December, there's, there's 100 people. You know, because it's it, because one of the reasons is football, college football is king, right? So yeah. it's just we're competing against. Um, I Too think much. May is is just a, is a gr would be a great time for the tournament weather-wise. I think lacrosse is 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 really the paradigm for me that's most interesting. They've done amazing, right? They, yeah, they get forty. I covered that last year. It's nuts. Yeah, yeah. and I think having the you know division one, two, and three, everybody goes and supports it. You know, why can't soccer do that? And, yeah. and from a revenue point of view. You know, you're going to get the Division One Final Four in May. I mean, I think it helps everybody. So, you know, I'm for it. You know, to you know, I haven't had lengthy conversations on our campus. I certainly will. And um, but it's, I, I just have to tip my hat to our leadership here with the Division One coaches because 
everyone said you can't do it, and, we're, and, and I think we're pretty close to getting it done. I appreciate your candor. I lied. Two more quick questions, so really three. First off, we just had Brent Boone on. Yep. He's doing this individual training, Pelota training. Why is that important for young soccer players? Well, well I, Brent's my neighbor when I moved, <laughs> right? And I see this guy running, uh, you know, around in my neighborhood doing circles. I'm like, who is this guy? And he's got a soccer shirt on. So um, we just became great friends. He's one of my closest friends. And, you know, the first thing about soccer is passion. And, you know, Brent is one of the most passionate soccer people that I know. And tech, individual technical training, for me, my son works with him. Um, it's very simple, right? It's you and the ball, right? The, the beauty of soccer is you don't need a helmet. You don't need, you know, you don't need any other equipment, right? Pele had, was stringing, you know, was playing for the grapefruit, stringing some things together. I've been all over the world, and it's you and the ball. And I think sometimes here they complicate the game, right? The rondos and all that stuff is great, right? But the first thing is Pelota is a football. It's, it's you and the ball. And, you know, I learned that from Coach Tipping. I learned, I think, any sport. You look at Seth Cur or, uh, Steph Curry, it's, he's by himself with a ball working on his game. And I think, I think that's what Brent does. And, and he finds, listen, I believe in what he's doing with the individual training. But I, I think he's a very good coach because he's a people person. He connects with the kids. He makes the kids feel good. Um, and inspires them to do what's most important is to, as a player, you have to lead yourself. You have to inspire yourself. You have to work on your game. And I say that to my kids. I say it to my players. You have to do more than the next guy as a player. And I think that's why what he does I'm so interested in because it's, you know, it's not just about the technical training. It's about how you live your life. It's about, you know, eat, you know all the things that go into player development and nutrition, running, speed and agility, but at the forefront of that is the ball in our game. You, you, you know, you can't, you cannot be a good soccer player if you're not good on the ball. It's just, you know, it, it's just, that's, that's, and, and that's what, you know, why I've, Brent, I've spent a lot of time with, because I, I think he studies that, and I'm very interested in that part of the game. Final question, just need one or two sentences. For Tim O'Donohue, as a person and as a coach, United Soccer Coaches has done what for you? Yeah, well, it's done everything for me. I went through all the courses. I have my, I have my master's coaching diploma from the, the, the for me, the NSCA, <laughs> now the United Soccer. Right, so Anson Dorrance was my instructor for my master's. For my, for my, I took my premiere in England with Anson. And I have every, you know, all the connections I have, Mike Noonan, Ron McKeacham, Jeff Tipping, they were all mentors to me. So I had, you know, I was very, I was very lucky because Jeff, you know, we call him Tip, he introduced me to everybody and I, I think he calls me as his, uh, his English son, you know, so he, I just would, I would drive Tip around and he'd introduce me to all the, all the NSCA guys, I'd go to the courses, I would, I would be the guy behind the scenes, you know, helping if Tip needed anything. So the, the, this convention and, and the coaches here and, and, and just the, the organization um, has been, for me, it, it's, it's just an organization I love and, and I owe everything to it. Tim O'Donohue coming off a 12-win season at Navy. Hoping for better things next year. The whole team's back, the way I understand it. Good luck next year. Thanks for all you're doing. Congratulations. No, thanks, Dean. Thanks for what you do with college soccer and, and, and helping us grow the game and make us relevant. It's, it's, uh, it's just fun talking soccer, so thank you. Appreciate it. Thank you, Megan. You. Yeah, Megan's great as well. Megan O'Keefe, Dean Linky, more guests coming. United Soccer Coaches Podcast presented by Team Snap.
Being a coach means being a lot of things. Mentor, teacher, role model, motivator, leader, organizer. Of course, it's not easy to be all of those things. You need help, and who better to help you than an association of fellow coaches. Membership with United Soccer Coaches includes access to over $500 worth of e-learning courses, an improved online resource library with more than 1,000 activities, session plans and articles, $1 million worth of liability insurance, and a whole lot more. Visit unitedsoccercoaches.org slash join and start your free 30-day introductory membership today. United Soccer Coaches, your association for all things coaching. Welcome back to more of our coverage of the United Soccer Coaches podcast from the 2020 United Soccer Coaches Convention in Baltimore. Dean Linky with what I'll call the star of podcast role. I mean, are you kidding me? Anna Turry. She's got the Keep the Game Beautiful podcast. And Anna, I know you're not normally supposed to ask a woman how old she is, but I feel like I'm allowed to ask how old you are because it's pretty awesome. How old are you? I'm 14. You're 14, and you're from Marion, Iowa, and you've started this podcast, Keep the Game Beautiful, and you started it for a reason. There was something, a trigger point, a tipping point. Tell us why you wanted to do this. So... I had a really bad experience with a coach a while back and it was getting me really down and I wasn't having such a, like I came to convention last year and it really helped me really want to be in the sport again. So then I kept going and I joined a new club and I was on concussion protocol, protocol for a tournament. And during this tournament I was just staying around watching a bunch of extra games. So I was hearing a bunch of negative things, and I really wanted to highlight the good things in soccer because you weren't really seeing that as often. And that's where we really came up with it, keep the game beautiful. We love keeping the game beautiful as well. And so I feel like somewhere in that story, last year you saw podcasts roll, and that also was in your mind, right? Like the idea Mm -hmm. of doing a podcast? Talk about that a little bit. So the podcast, like, I never really would have guessed I would have done one. <laughs> and, like, seeing the podcast row was really cool. I know we instantly, like, went over to Soccer Chat and started talking with them. And ever since we went to convention, we started listening to more podcasts. And because we were listening to more and more, I think it was just more of an idea that you, we could do this. You know the deal. I just went to the NWSL draft. Every player that got up there, the first thing they did was they thanked their mom and their dad and their family. I got to believe your family really supported you in getting behind doing this podcast. I think your dad's over there with you. Talk about your family support. So my dad has been one of my huge supporters. He does most of the behind-the-scenes work and really helps me, like, get organized. And he took me to the convention, too. I mean, I couldn't really come on my own. (laughs) And my mom and my brother have been really supportive, too. They haven't done, like, much with the podcast, but they've been good about staying quiet and staying out of the way when I'm recording. Yeah, I want to picture your setup. So in Iowa, do you have a little room? I mean, how? what's uh, what's your setup? So I, in our basement, my dad, I go to my dad's office and just use his computer, and then we have a little microphone, and we just use Zoom to record everything. Okay, there you go. So yep. keep it simple, right? Get it rolling. And you're saying you do it every week, so is there a day we should be looking for it, or does it rotate a little bit? We release one every Monday, sometimes early in the morning at like 5 a.m. or sometimes like 12 hours later. Okay, so usually Monday, and you're saying you're trying to do one every week, 52 yep. weeks a year. Okay, all right, you're doing one every week. Give me your top three so far, people that you've interviewed, and tell me why you liked them so much. 
So my first one ever, I interviewed Christina Uncle. Okay. So I also officiate. So that was like a really, that yeah. was really cool for me to just hear what she has to say. And I actually, she said something catch and release, which I really stuck to. And it's helped me like throughout the experience podcasting too, which yesterday I interviewed Mo Ferreira and it did not, it was not the best one yet. And the internet went out and we had a difficult time, but I was able to like just catch that and then release and go on to my next one. Okay, very good. Catch and release, just the mm -hmm. general philosophy that she broke down for you. Okay. How about player-wise? Is there a big player, men or women, that you've you've interviewed that uh, was pretty cool? I've had like Tiffany Weimer and Addie Gay, but I think my coolest one. I had three just Wayne State players, three mm -hmm. girls. Well, young woman, I guess, mm -hmm. but <laughs> they all had experienced major injuries, tragedies, different things, and they were all able to come together as a team and just really cool to hear what they did together. And there was more than just the three like tragedies. There were a bunch of other players, but they were the only three that I interviewed. So pleased to be hanging out with what I'll, again, call the star of Podcast Row, <laughs> Anna Churry. She's got the podcast Keep the game beautiful you can find out more about her at keep the game at beautiful.com you can also follow her on which one of these is twitter i think they're both twitter and instagram all right ktg beautiful and then also at anna two n's with the underscore and then churry spelled t-u-u-r-i okay you said that you were a little down on the game this kind of fired you up talk about has it helped you with your passion for the game as a goalkeeper? Are you back out there getting it done? Yep. So I've I had my whole club season, and this spring I have my high school season too. So it's because we're in Iowa spring season, and I'm really looking forward to it. And both the JV and varsity role are open. So I'm really excited to work my hardest and try and get the spot. What grade are you in right now? Ninth. Ninth, okay. Mm -hmm. So you, it's a little bit off, but as you think about college, is playing college soccer something uh, that uh, you want to do? Yeah, I've been to a few ID camps, a decent amount, and I really try to email coaches back when they email me about camps. And I have a few schools that I really like right now, but I'm still a freshman, so I like to keep my options open. All right, well, we'll be following you. I do a lot of stuff with the Big Ten Network in that area, so if it's any Big Ten schools, I definitely want to know because we'll be able to reflect on that. What about as far as a career? Do you want to be a broadcaster, or what do you want to do uh, academically? Actually, for my career, I want to be a special ed teacher. Okay. So I work with the VIP program with our local AYSO, so it's players that, like, with, with impairments. There you go, okay. So I really like working with them, and it's something like I've always been bonded with younger kids too. So it's something that I'm pretty good at too. When you learned that your dad and all of you were going to decide to be a part of this year's podcast role, there's been a lot of people talking about it. Jeff Van Dusen like, emailed me several months ago. Like, how excited are you to be here, and how long are you going to be doing interviews? It's really exciting. At first, I was like kind of in shock. Like, I wasn't prepared to actually come here and be on Podcast Row, but it's been really cool. I had a bunch of podcasts already set up, maybe like 10 for this week before. And now, like, being here, I have so many more, just like meeting so many people and that have such great stories. Is there a favorite player of yours? So, from where you sit, you just saw the U.S. women win their second World Cup and. You saw now they're taking this stance to try to level the playing field, get equal pay, and, and make everything fair for the women. Is there a favorite player, and what do you think about all these issues going on right now with the women? 
I don't really have a favorite player. I really enjoy watching like Tobin Heath play. Mm -hmm. It's one of my favorites. But with the equality, I recently like because I'm still a high schooler. I did a re uh, persuasive paper on women's pay, and I can't remember the exact statistics, but it, the men were paid a lot more than the women, and. It, it was something that even my teacher and I were really like talking about for like half the class about how it wasn't, it wasn't acceptable. Right. And sure. I just went to Haley Carter's session. Yeah, session. Yep. And there was something about high schoolers after a goal was scored, they all took off their shirts and they had an equal pay shirt underneath, hmm. and they all got a yellow card. But I mean, that's expected. Yeah. But it was really cool, and they raised like one. Um, they raised a lot of money. Yeah, so they're taking a stand. Mm -hmm. I gotta believe somebody like Haley Carter moves you, right? She's pretty impressive. Yeah. What'd you like about her session? I did the introduction for that one, so I was a bit nervous the whole time. <laughs> but I really enjoyed just like hearing her talk, especially. Yeah, she's impressive. I've had mm -hmm. her on the podcast several times as well. Are there any um, big time marquee guests that you've already booked that's going to be coming by here later today? Tomorrow, I know I talked to Tracy Noonan mm -hmm. and Elise LeHue. Yep, yep. Big time names in the mm -hmm. women's game, yep. Tracy Noonan was on that 99 World Cup team, yep. yep. Big time goalkeeper in North Carolina. All right, I like that. And Elise LeHue, she's getting it done for Sky Blue FC now, right? Mm -hmm. Like, that's awesome. That'll be impressive. I mean, I think definitely talk to her about moving over to where Red Bulls are, are playing now and what that means. And, I mean, she definitely, the work she did to turn Sky Blue from a bottom feeder to an impact team is pretty impressive, don't you mm -hmm. think? Yeah. You gonna talk to her about that? Yeah, I assume so. Yeah. Mm -hmm. How do you every week, how do you make decisions on who's gonna be on your podcast? So we have a sheet and right away when, we, when I had the idea, we just wrote down a bunch of names, even if they were far out there. Yeah. And we just kind of go off that sheet every week and on Twitter we always see like really cool stories and right away it's just like I want you on the podcast right and they all pretty much say yeah right yeah because you've got the best podcast going here keep the game beautiful so do you think maybe by 2030 or 2040 the host of the United Soccer Coaches podcast will get on your show like somewhere down the road what do you think think he's got a chance maybe we'll see <laughs> <laughs> That's not a definite. All right. Well, I'd be honored if I could ever do that. I was yeah. honored to have you on. And we'll remind everybody again, keep the game beautiful. The talented 14-year-old Anna Turi. You can check her out at keepthegamebeautiful.com and check out her podcast. Well done, you. Keep it going. Appreciate your love for the game. Thank you. You got to love it. A future star on the field and a future star in this business and also wanting to make an impact in special education Really, really sweet young person, Anna Churi. He's got that great podcast going. Keep the game beautiful. Check it out. Thanks for checking out our show, the United Soccer Coaches Podcast, presented by Team Snap. I want to thank all our guests, as well as Sean Chevro, Michael Knipper, and all the great folks at United Soccer Coaches. For each and every one of them, I'm Dean Linky. See you same time, same channel next week, right here for another edition of the United Soccer Coaches Podcast, presented by Team Snap.